Let's pray. Father, thanks for Jesus Christ, his birth and his growing up as a human being, one of us, but who also belong to you. And so, Lord, we pray that we'd reflect on the way Jesus is both part of our human race, but also that you are his father and he is your son in a unique way. We pray this in his name. Amen. There is something fascinating about the stories of amazing kids, amazing things that kids do, especially those who grow up to become famous as adults. Uh, We love to see the kind of early signs of their greatness. Carl Gauss, who lived from 1775 to 1855, is known as the Prince of Mathematicians. You may not have heard of him, but uh, at school, his frustrated maths teacher wanted to keep him occupied, so he gave him the job of adding up all the numbers from 1 to 100. I don't know how old Gauss was, but quite young. Within moments, the young Gauss is back at the teacher's desk saying, the answer is 5,050. The teacher was gobsmacked, couldn't believe that the boy had done it so quickly. Now, there is a trick, right? Which Carl Gauss, Carl Gauss figured out for himself as like an eight-year-old boy. But you pair the numbers, 1 and 99... 2 and 98, 3 and 97, 4 and 96, and you get pairs that all add up to the same thing, you just multiply them by the number of pairs. It's very, very clever, but super clever for an eight-year-old boy to figure that out by himself. At 19, Gauss showed how to construct a heptadecagon, a regular 17-sided polygon using a straight edge and a compass. He was a smart cookie, became the prince of mathematicians, showed early promise. To go to another field of endeavour, Michael Jackson, the king of pop, 1958 to 2009, at eight, shared the lead vocals with Jermaine Jackson in the Jackson 5, and at 14, released his first solo album in 1972, Got To Be There, which uh, went gold. And we all know how big Michael Jackson became. Now here in our Gospel reading we have the one story, the one story of Jesus as a boy that's in the Gospels, Luke 2, 39 and following, and it's remembered and it's recorded because it does show the seeds of his later life. And so today what I want to look at is the story of Jesus, the boy who belonged to heaven, and then ask the question, well, what is he doing then on earth? So first, Jesus, the boy who belonged to heaven. We'll pick up at verse 41, the first unusual thing to notice that suggests that Jesus is from heaven is that he stays behind in Jerusalem when his family travels for Passover. Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom, and after the festival was over, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. We want to ask, how did this happen? You know, like, did Mary and Joseph forget to check he was with them? Did Jesus deliberately stay without telling them? Luke's account is not perhaps concerned with the anxieties of modern parents about how this could have happened, Uh, but Luke does suggest perhaps that Jesus chose it. Uh, He stayed behind. He stayed behind. You know, it's not he was left behind. Why would he stay behind? What was it about Jerusalem that drew him? Jerusalem is the centre of Israel, the site of the temple, the uh, place where God expresses the heart of his fellowship with his people. He dwells with them. It's the capital city of God's people. And uh, Mary is clueless about why this would have happened. Why have you treated us like this? But Jesus 
thinks this should be obvious enough. Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Suggests that Jesus is tuned into this specific wavelength, this different wavelength perhaps to those around him. He's drawn to stay in Jerusalem, which is somehow more his home than even with Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. The second unusual thing to notice that suggests he's from heaven is that Jesus' parents find him in the temple astounding the teachers. Verse 46, after three days they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. So for Mary and Joseph, after what was no doubt a worrying few days, they find Jesus, not with friends or relatives, but at the temple. He has been drawn not just to stay in Jerusalem, but to the temple courts, the very heart of Jewish worship, of learning and teaching, of sacrifice, of approach to God. His throne room was the Holy of Holies. Jesus has been drawn in particular to the teachers, to listen, to ask questions about the scriptures, about God and Israel and God and the world. And Jesus is in his element here. He is displaying an uncanny grasp of all these things. He's being a boy. He's listening and asking questions. He's not teaching, but he is being an extraordinary boy. He is a prodigy. Jesus belongs here where heaven meets earth. The third thing to notice that suggests he is the boy from heaven is that he says, I have to be in my father's stuff. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. Why have you treated us like this? Why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Or... You know, literally, have you not known that it is necessary for me in my father's things, which could be translated my father's place or house, or even my father's business. I had to be about my father's business. These are the first recorded words of Jesus in Luke. And we should pay attention to whenever someone speaks for the first time. This is what Jesus says about himself. They're not the words of an ordinary boy. Have you not known that it is necessary for me to be in my father's stuff? So, back to our question. If Jesus belonged to heaven, what then is he doing here on earth? Is this some kind of glitch or accident? Is it a punishment? He's been kind of thrown out till he works his way back. Uh, Is it some enemy scheme that's got him landed here on earth? Well, no, it's not an accident. It is a necessary mission to provide the forgiveness of sins. In verse 49, Jesus says that he had to be in his father's house, about his father's business. He uses this Greek word, dei. It is necessary. And this is used several times throughout uh, Luke in verse uh, 43 of chapter 4, where Jesus says, I must proclaim the kingdom of God. It's necessary for me to do this. Or in uh, chapter 9, 22 and 17, 25, where Jesus says the Son of Man must suffer and be rejected and be killed and be raised to life. Or in 22, 37, where Jesus says it is written and he was numbered with the transgressors and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. There is this sense of what Jesus has come to do that these things must happen, that he must 
walk this road and fulfill this mission. And in chapter 24, 44 to 47, the risen Jesus says to his disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled. It is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the psalm. He told them this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So God had a plan to provide the forgiveness of human sins to human sinners. And the boy from heaven must be about that business right from the beginning, executing that plan by being numbered with the transgressors and treated as a sinner and suffering and dying like a sinner and ultimately by being raised from death to glory. Because of the sufferings of the man Jesus in our place as our sacrifice for sin, turning God's wrath from us, God is ready to forgive all who repent. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, even to us here this morning, to you in your seat there. The boy who belonged to heaven grew to be the man who was buried in the earth for us and for our salvation. The boy who had to be in his father's house grew to be the man who is exalted to God's right hand in heaven. The brilliant boy, Carl Gauss, might have become the prince of mathematicians. The brilliant boy, Michael Jackson, might have become the king of pop. But no human life approaches this man, Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, who came to seek and to save the lost. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, not only in his birth, but in his boyhood. His consciousness that he belonged to you and that he had to be about your business. We thank you for his consciousness of that, his commitment to it and his execution of it. That having come, he lived the life that it was necessary for him to live, for us and for our salvation. We praise you once again for that and ask that you would keep Uh, that news fresh in our hearts and alive in our mouths and hands and everything we do will be animated by our consciousness of his greatness, his exaltation to your right hand. We pray in his name. Amen.